Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everyone. This is Bob Shoneman, one of your co-hosts, along with Barry Rice. Hey, I'm here. And Pete Robertson. I'm here. Welcome. Guys, how, how you, you doing, doing today? Good. What's happening? Hey, we're so excited that you are here we and that are. you're listening to us. Yeah, I'm excited. Can you tell? We can tell. Yeah. Christine, are we good? We're all good now, guys. Excellent. Okay, great. Now, you guys have no idea why I asked that, but we we, inter- we we already did the intro and we forgot to hit record. So we're doing it over again. How oh. dare you call out Miss <laughs> Christine on Man, this show? I, I love our executive producer. She's, she's amazing. And uh, I'm sure it was a divine intervention that made sure that that wasn't recorded. So we're all good. We're starting over and uh, having a good time. So, guys, um, what's going on this week? you got lots of stuff in the news, and I want to talk a little bit about that. But we are one year into this pandemic or stopping of the world or whatever you want to call it. Can you believe it? A year ago, it was. I think it started what we had an NBA game where one of the players tested positive and they canceled the game, and it was like yeah, it was a domino beginning. effect. Yeah. Everything just started shutting down rapidly. Ooh. I remember the big thing was Disney coming out and saying, "Hey, we're going to shut down for two weeks and you know flatten the curve." That whole thing. So, how's your two weeks of flattening the curve going, guys? I I would never have guessed that it would last a year. No. I would have never guessed that. What do you think, Pete? Um, I think. Can I, you believe it's been a year? Yeah, I would think. I want it to as long as it's been that we've been in it. I want it to get back to normal as fast as that, or yeah. quicker than that. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way right now. They just want to get back to normal. And I'm not sure what that means anymore. <laughs> I'm not really sure. Well, I've been looking into purchasing an island so that I don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. Anybody that comes to your island, though, they're going to have to wear a mask. Nope, they're not coming. <laughs> they're not. I'm not telling anybody where my family's going to be. Now, wait a minute. How are you going to do ministry if there's no people there? <laughs> podcast come on all right (laughs) so now moving to montana is okay the new ministry is that you're putting everybody on a plane and they're going to be coming in shuttled in every sunday morning and then wednesday night for bible study yeah and then as far as life groups we're doing it all zoom that's just the way it is that's the new church going to an island you're flying in on an island every sunday and wednesday and and the church pays for it all so i just (laughs) i just bought a new url did you yeah, Zoom Church. Zoom Church. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, you know, we're, go. we're starting to feel some things get back to normal. We had, for you guys listening around the world, we're in Orlando, and we had a golf tournament in town last weekend, and there was a lot of people there. I don't know if you watched any of it. but Yeah, a little bit. Um, especially towards the end of the tournament, all the you know spectators kind of migrate to 18, and there was a lot of people out there. It was kind of... Kind of cool to see uh, things starting to get back to normal. Well, Disney World this morning said that they, they're fully full. They're at capacity. For so, Disney World? Yeah. And I heard Disneyland's opening in a couple weeks. Yeah, April they, 1. April 1. Yeah. That's a fool. It's a joke. Yeah. They're not really going to open. They're you don't gonna think say, so? They're, they're going to say, joke. April Fool's. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. But I think it's starting to happen. Yeah. yeah, it's starting. Barry, we're on video, and I can't help but see what happened to your head, my friend. Oh, dude, why do you have to bring that up? 
Well, you want my to, wife is yeah, dealing with anger. <laughs> and sometimes you got to sacrifice the bod. <laughs> Don't take it out on anybody else, baby. Take it out oh, on me. No, okay. no. Let me tell the truth. Been over to uh, get the dog food. I have a hundred dogs at my house and uh, only six kids, but a hundred dogs and uh, feeding the dogs. I bumped my head. He did it Sunday I morning. I he's, can't remember anything. He's up, he's up preaching and blood dripping down his forehead. <laughs> this is warrior church. <laughs> That's good. Oh man. So have you guys been paying attention to the news at all? Yeah. I mean, the headlines are just beyond belief right now some of these things you read and you you can't tell if it's you know a real post or if it's satire in fact do you guys listen you guys read uh babylon b at all i did have. you pray about this i did sharing this i did oh i did man i just for some comic relief sometimes i'll go to babylon b but what They're, is that noise? They tell the truth too, man. It's like they'll <laughs> say something that's off the wall, well, but here, then it let, comes true. Let's have some fun. If you guys, you guys don't mind, let me have a little fun with it. So I'm going to give you headlines, and since we are, you know, righteous invasion of truth, I want you to pick out which one is truth and which one is satire. Okay, okay? I've got three different examples here. So here's the first one. The first one has two parts. So this is actually no. The first one has three parts. One of them is real. Two is two are satire. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay. That's all, folks. Here are 10 more Looney Tune characters that must be canceled. Headline number two is Pepe Le Pew reportedly canceled by Warner Brothers as New York Times columnists accused cartoon of promoting rape culture. Three, Biden defends Pepe Le Pew. He was always my favorite character. That one's a false one. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Which one's true? Yeah. Oh, well, the last one's false. The last one is false. I yeah. would say the Well, Warner not false. It was a satire. Yeah, Warner satire. Brothers canceled Pepe Le Pew. Is that true? That's the true one. Yeah. yeah. That's the true one. Good. All right. Number two. You ready? Yeah. This one might be a little tougher, but there's only two options here. Como's behavior created hostile, toxic workplace culture for decades. Governor Como capitalizes on sex scandal with new romance with new romance novel. Which one of those is satire? Which one is true? Jeez, it, I'm hoping the the satire is the second one. <laughs> it is. You're you're good. Jeez. All right, last so he's one. Not writing a novel. This one is the toughest one. This one, I think. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I forgot which one was satire. Here we go. Number one. Texas governor hailed as conservative hero for ending unconstitutional mandate he implemented. Two, Biden calls state decision to end mask mandates Neanderthal thinking. Three, progressives surprised to learn he can still wear a mask even without a government mandate. The, first, the second one's true. That's what Biden did say that. Yeah, yeah. that's it. That's the true one. Yeah. yeah, the other two. But it's weird. It's like satire is almost as real as real. I don't know. Yeah. Crazy days we live in. Maybe that is a good segue into the rapture. I would say sad days. Sad live. days? Yeah. That's what I would say. All right. Yeah. Well, last week we talked about um, the rapture. So this week we want to talk about, well, the rapture's happened. What now? And uh, the scripture reveals that judgment will take place immediately after Christ meets the saints in the air. What do you guys think about that? 
Say what? Yeah, right. Let me read that again. <laughs> the scripture reveals that the judgment will take place immediately after Christ meets the saints in the air. What are they talking about? Well, I know that in 2 Timothy 4.8, James 1.12, and 1 Peter 5.4, they all portray to the followers of Christ have already received the crowns after the rapture. So I think... I think the question really comes down to, we'll talk about crowns a little bit later, but the question comes down to is, is what about the judgment seat? So if, so let's, I mean, let me just put it in perspective. So last week we talked about the rapture, that we're all going to be raptured, what to look for, what's coming. And then immediately, so we're caught up. So we're caught up into the air. We're caught up with Jesus into the clouds. Then what? And that is where now the judgment seat or the Bema seat comes in. Um, and that is for the church. That is not for Old Testament. That's just for the church era. So the so the rapture would be the judgment of that. And I have some things that I, I put down. What is the judgment seat? It's basically um, there are people who have trusted Christ as Savior from the day of Pentecost. So in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost until the coming of Christ in his church. It does not, like I said, it does not include the Old Testament believers. And it's separate. Uh, it's a separate time of judgment and reward. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit, the judgment and reward. But it's um, in um, the judgment seat, Bema, it basically is a word that's translated into court or like tribunal. Um, it's a platform, it could be either public or private. But I, I kind of give, I looked it up, I found a, there's a gentleman named Don Stewart. We talked about him on the show last week, I believe. But he gave a statement. He said, just imagine this. This is kind of what the Bema seat is. He says, in a large Olympic arena, there was an elevated seat on which the judge of the contest sat. After the contest were over, the successful competitors will assemble before the Bema to receive the reward or crowns. The Bema was not a judicial bench where someone was condemned. It was a reward seat. Likewise, the judgment seat of Christ is not a judicial bench. The Christian life is a race and the divine umpire is Jesus Christ. After the race is over for each believer, he will gather every member before the Bema for the purpose of examining each one and giving the proper reward to each. So I think that's that's what we're going to kind of go through today in today's show. We're going to we're going to talk about what is next, what is to be expected. We're going to talk about kind of these crowns. We're going to talk about um, the judgment seat in this reward. And uh, I don't know, any other thoughts, guys, to Is that it like, Bema seat? So when you're reading that, I was picturing the, like the Olympics, you know, so after the 400 meter or the, or the marathon, whatever, the, you give three people that stand on a podium. Is that kind of? Yeah. So that's, that's, that podium was called the Bema seat. And so that's what they were giving them the reward. So this is the Bema seat. They were giving them the reward for their job they've done here on earth. And so that's so, kind of what we're going to explore a little so bit today. So if you do bad in the judgment, are you kicked out of heaven? Great no. question. No, we're going to we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, later. No, we're not going to be as a Christian, you if you're a follower of Christ, you're in heaven. Now the rewards you get will kind of be different. And so we're kind of explore that a little bit. So you may not get the gold medal, but you still got the you still ran the race, you're still there. Yeah. But hmm. you know, I want I want you to think about this. You know, these rewards or not, it's going to be a loss. We're either going to get these crowns or we're not. And it's how we live, how we represented the gospel, and how we sacrificed our life for Jesus, right? Yeah. 
And so we're standing before God and and we're standing before Jesus and we're handed these crowns. And what do we do with them then? Are we going to wear them around heaven or? Mm-mm. Okay, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, right? we're not going to do that. <laughs> but I think, I mean, Bob, why don't you go ahead and just read 1 Corinthians 3.12. Yeah. And in talking about, let's just move into the loss and the reward. So what is that? What is that saying? So in context, here's what it says in the Bible. Okay, 1 Corinthians 3.12 through 15. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Yeah, you have it. Pretty, t- pretty deep right there. So that pretty much put it in perspective. I, I wrote down something like an example of loss and reward. So this is kind of what I, I wrote. So this is kind of who it's talking to. So again, it's talking to believers. Okay, these are these are followers of Christ. These are people that lived on the earth. And, and there's people that have lived to um, for an eternal perspective. And there's people that will live for themselves. So the people that will live for themselves are basically the hay, fire. I mean, the fire. I mean, the hay. Uh, what are they? What wood, hay, it? and stubble. Wood, hay, and stubble. I always get that mixed up. So with hay and stuff. Hey. But you're still talking about Christians. Yeah, so we're talking about Christians. So there's there's different ways of living. So if I wake up in the morning and, and my whole mindset is is to live for myself, is to please myself, is to um, utilize the gifts and the talents that God has given me for myself, then I'm not building up treasures in heaven. I'm, my, when I stand before the Bema seat before God, all of that's going to burn away. We call that a carnal Christian. Yes, a carnal Christian. That's exactly right. But if I'm living for the eternal perspective that my whole life is a reflection of Jesus and that everything that I'm doing or thinking is about what Christ wants, then that is where I'm going to be gaining stuff in heaven. And so that's, that's kind of the mindset. But let me go ahead and just share this real quick. So it says, let us say that you have recently built a new two-story house while on the second floor you smell smoke. Looking downstairs, you see the first floor is on fire. You jump out to the second story window to save your life. Then you watch your new house burn to the ground. Obviously, you will have mixed emotions. You're thankful that you were able to jump and save your life, but you're sad because your new house is destroyed. This is similar to those believers who have saved, or that are saved but have nothing to show for it. They squandered their opportunities to live for Christ, yet they are enjoying the benefits of heaven with Jesus. So the, the question then comes into, do we want to um, enter heaven with like ripe fruit? Do we want to enter heaven with like, here's my fruit, here's my gift, this is what I've done? Or do we want to enter heaven with squandering all the gifts and the talents that God's given us? So, I mean, let's talk about that real quick. So is there, what's your guys' thoughts on maybe the, the illustration that I gave the talking about, you know, burning house and everything's going to be burnt away and you have nothing, but you're coming into heaven with basically nothing, or you can come to heaven having built up eternal perspective thoughts. Yeah. I cannot imagine the shame Pete of standing before Jesus who gave it all for us and us just slipping in and have nothing in our hands, nothing to lay down before him, nothing to honor him with. I mean, the shame in that and yeah. and seeing other Christians who who 
probably wasn't in the headlines and was the most well-known Christians of our time coming uh, with huge uh, crowns and, and opportunities because nobody knew them. They sacrificed everything. They were mm. martyrs. They were missionaries. They were people who, who just sacrificed their name, their everything for the glory of God yeah. and for the furthering of his kingdom. There was a there was a movie um, a while back. I think it was in the late '80s. It was called The Bema Seat, and um, Michael Sewell. It was a singer back in the '80s, and he did this this thing, uh, this movie. And and in the movie, what it basically talks about is that he lived a horrible life and he didn't do that very good. But he still believed in the Lord, and but he was really selfish and he wasn't using his gifts and his talents. And, and then all of a sudden, he died and he got to the got to heaven. And he was standing before Jesus. It was just him and Jesus. It was one-on-one. And, and, and in this, and all of a sudden, what started taking place is Jesus started to reveal to him all the things that he did that were eternal perspective. Jesus never once revealed to him anything that he did wrong. He never brought that up. There's no condemnation in Christ. It's only what is good. And so as he's standing there, he knew that his life wasn't the best representation of God. He knew that he does he didn't do the things that God wanted and what was good and that he lived a selfish life, but he was still able to enter into the presence of God. And as he's sitting there and Jesus is revealing those times that he said a nice word, the time that he opened up the elevator for somebody, the time that he sacrificed his lunch for somebody, all those little things that he did over his lifetime, the, the God was revealing that that was, the, that was God, um, the goodness of him, that he was, I mean, the good things that he was doing. And, 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 and he did such a masterful job at just like, like being broken. He's like, oh my gosh, God loves me so much. He just experienced this love that was beyond any words that he can explain. And at the very end of it, he said, he said, Jesus took him in his arms and he looked him right into his face and he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the kingdom of God. And, and it was something so powerful. And he just like, he just had this joy in all of heaven. They said, all of the children church thus got up and they were all cheering for him and they were all like excited and plotting and and it was the greatest moment of his entire life and he was in the presence of god and and that was the bema seat wow now i gotta go watch a movie yeah it's powerful it's really powerful and it puts it in perspective but it again it's it just shows you that look at look at barry on the video if you guys are watching the video it's he's all sideways um, anyway so, <laughs> so well, pete it just it just remind. i mean we read the verse in first corinthians and it just reminds me about you know you don't want to have regret I, you know you're living for these temporal things and it's just it's all going to be gone it's all going to be burned up where these things we do with an eternal perspective Man, they're just there forever, and I, I don't want to live a life of regret. That's, that's, that's what really sticks out to me. But thanks for sharing that story about the movie. Uh, you know, I've really been kind of a little confused about this Bema Seed and what it means and, you know, how is it different than, you know, judgment. And, and uh, this has been really good diving into, diving into this. And now I, gotta, now I got a movie on my list. Do you know if it's on Netflix? <laughs> Uh, no, you they probably have to look it on YouTube or something. I mean, it's pretty old, and I have I highly doubt it's out there. But Michael Sewell, I say, I think it's S E W E L or something. Sewell. Sewell, yeah. And it's the Bema Seat, the movie Bema Seat, and it's pretty old, but it's it is really good. I highly recommend anybody look at that. Welcome back, Barry. Hey, welcome back. 
<laughs> Me and technology. No words. <laughs> you can tell who's the oldest in this group. Uh, the I wish of, that were true, the, but yeah. it's not. Um, but I mean, Romans fourteen ten through twelve. I don't know, Barry. I mean, Bob, if you wanted to yep. read that, that's kind of talking about that personal one on one. So this is the reason why we know that it's one on one with Jesus is because of what the Word of God says. I don't know if you want to read that. Yeah, absolutely. Why do you pass judgment on your brother, or you? Why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written. As I live, say the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, each of us will give an account of himself to God. There you go. There's your one-on-one. Yeah. And again, this is not talking about the, the, the great white, the book, the, 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 the last, the final uh, judgment. This is, this is for the church. There's going to be a final judgment. Well, every knee, meaning the whole world's going to give an account to what they've done. But this is, again, talking directly to the church. And so the church's job is not to judge, right? Right. So it is God's, judge to, God's job to judge, not us. And that's very important. Yeah, that is good. I mean, think about it. Just in our, that's, that's part of, I think, bringing our crowns before the Lord, or bringing our fruits before the Lord. That's part of it, that we don't do the judging. We let God do the judging. Yeah, that's, that's eternal perspective. Speaking of movies, did you, did you guys see The Shack? Yeah, that was good. The, the judgment scene in The yeah. Shack, you guys talking about that being God's job and not our job. That's, to me, that's the most powerful part of that movie is when put in the place of you want to be the judge and you're like no we think we do you really don't want to be in that position what i loved about that too talking about the shack again shocking about the goodness of god the way that i perceived it some people had problems having a, a lady a black lady as like god but when i looked at that i saw that as if you guys haven't seen the movie sorry um but i kind of gave a little bit away but i saw it as um it it's how god meets us right where we're at he needed that that pie made for him by his older black lady that had this loving motherly feel. And and that's how God related to him. And he was able to receive that. And he, he was able to see that as as good and perfect and right. And and it's like I could I it really helped me understand that I'm different than you, Barry. I'm different than you, Bob. And God deals with me differently than other people. Whew. Right. And so it's going back to what you were saying, Barry, about the judgment. It's like, who am I to want to judge you? I have no idea what God's doing in your life. Yeah, I just don't love you. We don't have to you. live up to each other's standards. No. We have to live up to God's standard. Yeah. It's the one that he set. So we stand before him, not before man. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's just, that's just a powerful, that was a good uh, movie too. If you guys haven't seen that, go see that. Yep. Yeah. That was good. What's Adding next? on your list of stuff to do for spring break, right? Right. Next. So along those same lines, judgment has nothing to do with salvation, this judgment that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, let me read John 10, 28 through 32 real quick. It says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all mm. and no one is able to snatch them out of my father's hand. And I and the father are one. Yeah. Wow. I mean... That's the eternal secure. I don't know, Barry, you want to talk into that? Oh, heck yeah, man. <laughs> uh, guys, there is no way for even your own performance to snatch you out of God's hands. And, and it's very important to know that when we use the word judgment, 
it is a loss of rewards rather than a loss of salvation. Mm. And so it's very important to have that in mind. And the judgment is how did we live once we were given the greatest gift that anybody could ever receive, eternal life? Mm -hmm. And how do we handle that? And, and this is a powerful passage of eternal security that God's got you in his hands. And God the Son and God the Father both wrap their hands around you. And Satan, sin, nothing else can, can snatch you out of it. And a great example of that is who shut the door on the ark. It was God. Hmm. Man didn't close the door. He, he went in there, but it was God that sealed him into, and that's a type of heaven. That's a type of salvation, that those who were in the ark, in Christ, and, and God himself shut the door. The door is shut. You either in or out. Hmm. And, and the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema seat, is, is whether or not we get rewards. And I was saying it a while ago about the shame that, you could stay you would have if you're standing before a holy god that gave everything and bled and died you were the one that nailed him to the cross you were the one that that beat him with a cat of nine tails and and you have nothing to show for it now think about that how serious that is thank you jesus for allowing me in mm. but i didn't realize what i had and i didn't do anything with it it's kind of like the parable of the master mm. right mm -hmm. wow yeah, it's we. I feel like when we give our life to the Lord, I, I feel like there's different stages. I mean, we probably all of us can relate to that. It's like when you give your life to the Lord, for whatever reason, it, it stays religion sometimes for a while. We don't really be, get into that relationship of that intimacy with the Lord, and so it becomes a, it's a workspace kind of relationship. And we feel like, you know, because we're doing really good, God's going to bless us, and if we're doing really bad, God's going to curse us, and that's not God at all. He's just always loving us no matter what. And I, and I think there comes a time in your walk, your spiritual walk, where you finally just say, you know what, God, I'm done being, I'm done living for myself. I'm done with this. I, I am desperate for a, my Savior. I'm desperate for that. And, and it's in that moment, it's in that transformation, it's in that renewing of my mind that I, that I start living my life faithfully for Him. I start understanding what it means to be eternal perspective. And, and the last thing I want to do is take the gifts and the talents that God has given me and to put them under a bushel. You know, I want to be that light. I don't want to, I don't want it to, I don't want to cover it up. I want to be that light to the world, to the darkness. I want to, I want to have the spirit of God flow in me to speak truth to people that are hurting, that are in pain. This world is, is destroying people's lives. This world is, is bringing uh, hopelessness to people. And, and we have a message. We have gifts and tools to be able to bring to people to help them walk through this misery that they're going through and to find peace and to find hope and to find love and to find joy. And that is in the name of Jesus Christ. And we have that. And and I, I always I ask the question, if this is you and you're listening to this and and, uh, and you are a Christian or a follower of Christ and you're sitting on the sideline. And we talked about this in a few podcasts back, but you're sitting on the sideline and you're not out in the game. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would understand and hear what we're saying, that it is that important to get in the game. It's that important to go the extra step. It's that important to start saying, God has given me these gifts. I have to start using them for his glory because there's people that are dying every single day without this hope. And you are being given that tool to be able to do that, to help people. 
And so, Barry, yeah, that that kind of brings us into that next step. We we should probably talk about that, the shame aspect. First John 2.28 says, And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. I mean, just let that seek in. Just let that seek in. If you're a follower of Christ right now and you're sitting on the sideline, you're not utilizing your gifts, you're not utilizing the, the tools that God has given you, that you're, when you enter, you might go to heaven. I mean, there's some that might not go to heaven. I mean, let's just be honest. There's some that go to our church that, that are not going to heaven. They, they're, they're saying, Lord, Lord, but Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you. But there's some that are, that are fully saved. We know that they're surrendered to the life, but they're not doing the things that God has called them to do. They're not being obedient there. And when you stand before God on this beam of seat, in judgment seat, there's going to be shame. You're going to sit there. He's going to, he's going to only talk about the goodness of you. He's going to bring out all the highlights and everything else. But there's so much more that you can do. There's so much more we can give to the Lord. We can give him all of our life. We can give him every aspect of who we are and what we can do. And so that's what God's wanting. I want everything. I want the best of the best. I want the, everything that you have. Give that to me so that I can use it for my glory and to bless you. And so, so there is going to be shame. And um, two, uh, Second John 8, 8 says, Watch yourself so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but may win a full reward. That puts it in perspective. Is, is it talking about workspace? What is this talking about? It's not workspace salvation. It's workspace uh, reward. And, and uh, you know, James says that very plainly. He says, I'll show you my faith by what I do. And uh, it's, it's if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of you, you produce fruit. And that fruit should be a different life before Christ. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was thinking about, gentlemen, is that uh, the Bible tells us, Paul tells us to to take a test to see whether or not we're in Christ. Mm -hmm. And and do you not know that Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Mm -hmm. There is a drive inside of you. There is a powerful spirit of God inside of you to... Um, to do things that adhere to his heart. So I think it's very, very important. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, and I was just thinking of, um, again, going back to our skill set or our giftings. I, I know a lot of Christians that have been plateaued for some time. And what I mean by plateaued is they go through the motions, they go to church every Sunday, they go to the Bible studies, they, they attend all the gatherings and so forth. And when I talk to them or I, I have fellowship with them, I hear a lot of the world in them, I hear carnality in them. Uh, I don't hear about stories of what Jesus is doing in their life that week. I don't, they don't talk about the spiritual things. They talk about the worldly things. They talk about, you know, the vacations they're going to go on. They're talking about the, you know, the, the ways that they're going to pamper themselves because they deserve it. And, and, and it's not that I don't believe that they're not saved. I just, they don't have a hunger. They don't have a passion for the Lord. And when I talk with my Christian brothers and sisters that are like that, it, it breaks my heart because I understand the hope that we have that's coming. 
and and I'm I really I'm I guess it's my competitiveness in me. I really want to come to heaven with as much you know as many rewards or as many gifts as I can. I mean I I'm looking at it from that perspective. It's like you know I want to have here, Lord. I, I'm doing this, but I'm not doing it to gain anything. But I'm doing it because I'm just I'm, I'm passionate about you. And it's the more that I love Him and the more that I enter into His presence, the more I want to do more, and I can't stop doing it. And so it's like, it's kind of that thing. And so I, again, I, I bring this up again is just because it does, it breaks my heart. And if you're listening to this and you, and you, and you really are a follower of Christ and you're just not being sold out and you're just, your mind is all about material things and the world's things and, and you're not in your word, you're not passionate for them. Just pray that the spirit of God would invade your life. Just pray, I'm pleading with you. It's important that uh, there would just be fire in you. And if you need people to help you, just pray that God would bring people into your life. If you know someone that can help you, that they can come alongside of you and pray and be there for you. But um, yeah, this really hits me, man. You know, it makes me think, do we believe, do we really believe what we say we believe? Right. And uh, Barry, you were talking last week about this interview with Penn Jillette. And man, that just hit me. You, you want to share a little bit about that? You probably do it better than I can, but um, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. But it no, was no, just no, a, it was no a problem, great, man. just a great picture of believing what you say you believe. Well, Penn Jillette is a comedian and a magician in Vegas. He's got a show there, and he was telling a story. If you look up the gift of a Bible, Penn Jillette, uh, you'll see the video. It's really powerful. But here's an atheist that is commenting on a man that came to his show and gave him a Bible. He said he was very complimentary of my show. He was involved somehow and he was one of the, the uh, picked out of the audience guy and, and he came back the next night to give him a Bible. And he says, as an atheist, did that offend me? Absolutely not. And he said, I've talked about this before, you know, if you believe that there's really a heaven and a hell and you don't tell people that uh, God is coming and that you need salvation and you need to read the Bible, then how much do you have to hate someone to not tell them? Right. And so that really spoke to me. And then Penn said this. He says, I kind of compare it to this. If, if I believe that a truck is going to hit you, and, and you're walking the same and you're not changing and, and you're just going on about life, there's the point I tackle you. <laughs> right? And, I mean, this is an atheist. And then at the end, he, he got very contemplative. And he said, you know, this guy was really a good guy, Ooh. a good man. Are, are you a good guy? Are you a good man that you're willing to get out of your comfort zone to tell someone who, who could be upset at you about the love of God, the hope that's in Jesus Christ. If we never tell anyone, how how can we say we care? <laughs> I, I use another illustration, Bob, that if you have the cure to cancer and you never share it with anybody or you only share it with people that can give you a million dollars, are you a good doctor? No, no. <laughs> If you have the hope that we, we have something better than the cure to cancer, That's right. we have the cure to sin. And if we don't share that, is God going to pat us on the back and say, good guy? <laughs> oh, come on. 
you know, and as we're going to do a show, I think in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about how, how to share your faith. And so that's just a good lead way to, to help people, you know, know that, hey, if you're having a struggle sharing your faith, we're going to help talk through you how to do that, if that made any sense. But not only is God going to judge us for our um, our workspace, you know, what we're doing for God or what we've, if we're, our gifts and talents are being used, but he's also going to um, judge us on our mind. He's going to scrutinize us on, on, on our minds and our thoughts. It says in Jeremiah 17, 10, he says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. And so we might think that, hey, I'm not doing uh, I'm not, maybe I'm not utilizing my tools and my gifts and stuff that God's doing it, but he's also going to be saying, Hey, but I'm also looking at your mind. You know, how many times have we been on the freeway or something? And we're like, you son of a whatever, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm in trouble. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's going to do that. And so, but, but at the same time, the other flip side of it, you know, how many times have you been at a crosswalk and you saw a bum walk across the street and you're, you had discerning spirit and you started praying for that person. Yeah. You know, how many times have you been in a park, you know, or in somewhere? One of the reasons why my wife and I used to always go to Disney World is we would go and just sit and pray for people. And that was our ministry. That's what we would do. So there's the other side. I'm not saying anything out loud. I'm not doing that. I'm using my gifts in a silent way, but I'm thinking the things of God. So any thoughts on that? No, I, I just love that mindset. And that's really what it is. It's just, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, whether you go on vacation, whether you go to the park, whether you go to the beach, you go to your job, you're on a mission. Everything you do is your a mission. You know, so it just, it's a, it's a mindset. I love that, that, that thought that, you know, you see somebody struggling or you see somebody, you know, fighting in the car next to you, you just stop and pray for them. You know, you hear people say, well, I want action. I don't, you know, action is more important than prayer. But honestly, if in so many cases, praying for someone is the, the the most loving act you could possibly do. So, and I just think that gets or missed. capturing your thought from lusting after that woman or something. That's good too. Hmm. Not as good as praying, but I mean, it is good because it helps you pray. You're gonna have to explain that to me again. No. <laughs> you lost me there. You know the problem with that might have been sarcasm with the mind bit. and the heart is that people don't see it. It doesn't help me with my position before people, you know. It doesn't make me look good yeah. like a Pharisee, right? And But that is what God will judge. He's going to judge our thoughts. He's going to judge the state of our heart. Yeah. And he knows that when, if we do the, the good works, are we doing it pharisaically? Yeah, that's good. That uh, we're doing it to look good. We're mm. doing it, you know, to have position. Or is it done, I think this is the key, Bob and Pete, that it, is it done out of a place of worship yeah. and honor to God, yeah. whether then, or is it done to make me look good spiritually? Yeah. And I, I have to be honest sure. that, that there's times that I really want to look good oh, and yeah. I really want to appear spiritual. And God forgive me for that, man. And and it's not going to get me any rewards. It's not going to honor God. Right. It, it honors me. And I actually, I'm robbing God uh, from his attention. I'm robbing God from, from building his temple and his kingdom. And, and I think that's what this beam of seat is all about. It's about the state of our heart and the state of our mind before a holy God. And, and how do we do that battle? Right. Mm. It is a battle every day for me, guys. Yeah. I, what I think about is a battle every day. Yeah. And uh, Satan, 
you know, he's the one that wants to win the battle of my mind. Yeah. He's the one that really wants to win over the battle of my heart. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I forgot what I was just going to say, talking about the thoughts and that. Oh, have you ever, that's what I remember. And, <laughs> that was and, yeah. So have you ever been like, you, you, you did something for your own ambition and you didn't know it at the time. You were just, because you're so prideful and so egotistical sometimes that we're doing it. But like two hours later or like you're, you're praying at night or something and all of a sudden the spirit of God just comes on you and says, you did that for the wrong motive. Yeah. And you have to repent right at that moment. And, and that happens to me a lot. I don't know. Does yeah. that happen to you guys? Well, I was thinking there's, a, you guys maybe can help me. There's a verse that says that, you know, if you, you do it with the kind of the wrong motives that you, you know, you do it to be noticed or recognized yeah. that you've received your reward already. Yeah, you know, we're talking yeah. about rewards and I, I wish I could pull that's that That's what up. Jesus was saying to the Pharisees. He was telling them straight up. Yeah, he would call them whitewash. Yeah, so he's like, you've, you've already received your reward, so yeah. you're not, you're not yeah. going to get it later. It's, it's also in, in the, what Jesus was teaching in prayer. He says, when you pray, you do not get what you want because you pray with the wrong motive. Yeah, yeah. You know? So now, okay, so now we get, now we know what we're going to be judged for. Okay. We got the judgment part. Yeah. Now we're going to talk about the reward. So what, what crowns are we going to get, Bob? Go ahead and share with us. I don't. I have no idea. What yeah, crowns. you do. Now tell us the crowns. Come on out. <laughs> there's five crowns. Right. Um, there's the crown of life. Yeah. The crown of glory. Yeah. The imperishable crown. Yeah. The crown of righteousness. Mm -hmm. and, and the crown of rejoicing. Thank you. I knew there was one I was missing. Yeah. So what are those? What I don't know. They're listening to the Bible. Well, <laughs> the crown of life. James one. I'll read the first one to you. So blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial. I love the book of James. For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. So what is so what is the crown of life then? Um, to, it's to those who love him. <laughs> those are the, that's what it says. So pretty, we all, that's we pretty receive, cut and dry, right? We all are going to get the crown of life, but the ones that get the the best crown of life are the ones that go into heaven martyred. So is it like a gold crown, a yeah, silver a, crown, yeah, a was, bronze crown? Thinking. Yeah, yeah. A straw crown? Yeah, maybe. But it, well, just, just to live the life of Jesus, you're going to get the crown of life. Amen. But there's going to be a martyrdom to crown, too, which is going to be the bigger one. Which one is that? It's the That crown wasn't of one life. of the five? No, it's all. We're all going to get the crown of life. Okay. Yeah. You're good? So what do we do when we get the crown of life? We cast it at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, we give it to the feet, Amen. Of, feet of the cross. We give so it back you're to not going to get it. No, See, I know, Pete, you were going to wear a gold chain no. and hang your crowns around. It's all for his glory. Walk man. around. Have you guys ever heard this song? We bow down, we cast our crowns yeah. at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, I think it's so. It's a Brooklyn Tabernacle song. Yeah. Oh, it's so powerful. Maybe and we can put it on in the background. No, we might be copyright issues with that. Um, it's a powerful song, though. It is. So the next one is Crown of Glory. Um, and it's First Peter 5, 4. And it says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. It's given to those who have ministered God's word to people. So, so we would be considered to get the crown of glory because our whole focus, our ministry is to minister to people. Yeah, but now that you just brought it up, do we not get it? No, because okay. it's, it's the fact. We're just stating a truth. Our heart's desire is to minister the word of God to people. We want people to know the word of God. And so those are those people. I and mean, God's called all of us. Let's just be clear here. God's called all of us. So there's some that are not teachers and pastors and all that. We get that. But if God spoke to you about a scripture that you wrote, uh, read this morning or whenever, then you go minister that to somebody else. Right. I mean, it's that simple. That is ministering the word of God. You would then get the crown of glory. Isn't that cool? That is cool. All right. Next one is a perishable crown. Barry, you want that? Yeah. It's found in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 25. And everyone who competes, now think about that, out in the arena they compete 
And he's he's talking about now the the life, the game of life for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. This is for those who have won the battle of self-control. Man, the fight is Ooh. on the inside, right? The fight is over our mind, over our heart, and this imperishable crown that will never spoil, never fade. The ones that we gain in the arena, they they rot, they they go away. But this is not going to go away because we won the battle of discipline to live the life that Christ set up before mm. us. Mm. This is part of working out our salvation. And so it's, it's it, the discipline part is saying, you know what, I, I know that I'm struggling. I know that I don't understand this, but I'm not going to give up on the, what the Word of God says. I'm going to work through this. I'm going to try to figure this out according to God's will and God's plan. And so that is that imperishable crown. This is where I know that I need to read my Word. I know that I need to spend quiet time with the Lord. I know that I need to be in fellowship with other believers. I know that I need to be doing study and to, to learn more about the Lord. This is this is. That that person, that discipline that they have. And then the next one was the crown of righteousness. The second Timothy four, eight, eight says, finally, there um, is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This is for those who long for the second coming. So it's again, the client of righteousness is ones that are we are we have that hope we're living for today, but we know that Jesus is coming soon. You know, and that's that's the way that we live. And so it's 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 kind of also saying that uh, we live with urgency. It's mm-hmm. like we're not Christians that are just standing si- on the sidelines. Right. We live with urgency. We know that to, the, the today is now. And that right. We need to share our faith. We need to live knowing that Jesus could come tomorrow. And so, I mean, that's the thoughts there. I don't know. Do you want to add to that, Bear? Yeah. You know, uh when I was coming up in a Southern Baptist church, y'all, <laughs> um, a lot of times they would preach about, you know, what is God going to catch you doing when he comes back, right? But it's not just about that. It's about how you lived your life, right? And, and how we live our life in sacrifice for the glory of God is going to be those crowns that we lay before him. And that is so, so important. I like that mindset shift because you, you bring up the, the Baptist background and when you'd hear that, you'd always think, well, I don't want them to catch me doing like it was always a negative thing. It was like can't be dancing or drinking or gambling, smoking or chewing or dating girls that do, you know, yeah. things like that. Right. Uh, but spin it, you know, spin it the other way and be found doing things that are actually adding to the to the kingdom that Amen. that's cool what a better perspective and what a better mindset to live in than being oh, fearful and man that's just i it, so often we have just the wrong mindset of who god is you know thinking he's just this guy trying to beat us over the head into submission and man he just loves us loves us i don't have the fifth crown so you know it's got the, the fifth crown, crown of glory and it's from first thessalonians um 2 19 it says for what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our lord jesus at his coming is it not you for you are for you are our glory and joy and so i'm what is that crown exactly <laughs> i don't know i didn't study that one very <laughs> yeah i think it's you know, when it says the crown of rejoicing was Christ your joy, mm-hmm. or were 
you up and down and and i i struggle with this sometimes with depression and discouragement uh it's it's having a joy that's in peace that's not defined by this world oh yeah i was thinking it was crown of glory but it's crown of rejoicing yeah so it's by us rejoicing in all things instead yes. of yes. you know being a complainer and being the israelites in the wilderness for yeah. 40 years and, and all that yeah it's it's more than just being positive pete yeah it's living that I am not defined by this world. I am who God says I am. Mm. And that joy of I'm counted one of his. Yeah. And I am a part of his family. And what can this world do to me, right? Mm. I mean, I, he already says I'm his child. I already have mm. it signed, sealed, and delivered that I'm going to have eternal mm. life with him. And so that joy that it gives me, I am not defined by my circumstances. Yes. Yeah. So it just reminds me of what Paul was in prison in Philippi, right? When he was in prison at midnight, shackled and started worshiping and praising God. So he had the, that, that joy. He was rejoicing in spite of the circumstance. Was it, was it one of our shows that we heard that uh, uh, Paul went dancing to his uh, execution? Yeah, uh, that's that was right. Awesome. I think Tyson, was it Tyson that told yeah, us that? Yeah, maybe. That was that's something. crazy, man. All right, well, real quick, that. so we're running out of time. Great so picture. The, the summary here is the judgment seat of Christ is a time of examination and reward. From Scripture, we have concluded that the following concerning the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema, is the Lord will resurrect the bodies of the saints who have died during the church age, as well as the change the bodies of those still alive. So we're going to have a new body. We know that. We talked about the rapture. The next part is they, we will meet the Lord in the air and proceed for the judgment seat of Christ. So that's the next thing. We talked about that today. This judgment then will consist of rewards to the faithful service. There will, there will be no condemnation. We've got to remember that. But um, so we're going to be able to see God's going to examine our hearts. God's going to examine the, the things that we did for his glory. And then we're also going to get rewards that will consist of crowns for the believers and for our faithful service. So it's going to, our rewards are going to be proportionate according to our faithfulness. And so we got to really remember that. And that's, that's kind of what it is. But, but Barry, I know that there's some people out there that have probably been listening to this and I'm, I'm praying that the spirit of God touched them. And I pray that they, they were sitting here listening and going, yeah, I want to bring more to the table. I want to use, or maybe I don't even know the Lord, right. And I really want to know for a fact that I'm going to heaven. Do you want to speak to those people? Absolutely. It comes down to this. How can I know if I'm a Christian or not? Well, do you have a ring on your finger? Are you engaged to God? What is that ring? It is the Holy Spirit is the ring, the engagement ring. If you have that, you're part of the bride. You are, you're going to be at the wedding. So today, as you take the test, whether or not Christ lives in you through the Holy Spirit and you don't know, well, how can I know? It is not, and do not ever hear us say this, it's not a cheap grace. Mm. Say a prayer, you go to heaven. Mm mumble these words you go to heaven no it's a state of the heart before god Amen. that you are repentant and that you're sorry that you're a sinner Amen. and the sin is that i have been selfish i have led my own life i've done what i want to done and that opposes you and that stands in direct uh, offense to a holy god and i do not measure up to god's standard and i never can because his standard is holiness pure and clean and and perfection hmm. And understanding and believing what Jesus Christ has done for you. 
that he was beaten for you, he was sped upon for you, he was cursed for you, and by his stripes we're healed. It is only through the pain and suffering and the sacrifice of Jesus Christ can you have the righteousness to be able to be accepted into heaven. And it costs God the Father, his son, and it costs the son, Jesus Christ, everything, his life. And he paid that because you're valuable, you're worthy, and that's how much he wanted the relationship. And so what must I do? I must repent, I must believe, and I must confess Jesus Christ as my master, my Lord, my savior, and invite him to come sit on the throne of my life. If you're listening to this and you do not know who sits on the throne of your life, there's either one of three people. Either you're sitting on the throne, Satan is sitting on the throne, oh. or the savior, Jesus Christ, oh. is sitting on the throne of your life. And only one will get you to heaven. And so let's invite through prayer Christ to sit on the throne of your life. Dear God, I'm sorry for my sin and I repent. I acknowledge I'm wrong. I acknowledge that I'm selfish and I acknowledge that I've offended a holy God and I do not want his condemnation. And I'm so thankful that Jesus Christ absorbed the wrath absorbed the condemnation and and took the penalty of sin on the cross for my behalf thank you jesus for dying for me thank you that you were buried and that the grave could not hold you that you are alive you resurrected from the dead and that you can come into my life right now and that's what i want that's what i desire to have you sit on the throne of my life be my master my boss my lord and my savior mm -hmm. come in my life right now and save me now i commit my all in all to you i commit my life to you to live for you and i pray that through the holy spirit you will help me to do that very thing in jesus name i pray amen Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. If you go on to our website at riotpodcast.co, and, and at the top it says, No God. And if you go down to the bottom of the page, it gives you an opportunity to say, Did you, did you say that prayer? Did you give your life to the Lord? Push yes. And then fill out that sheet. And we would love to get in touch with you. We would love to get you a Bible and uh, just connect it to you that way. Also on the homepage of the Riot Podcast, you can find our past episodes. But at the same time at the bottom, if you have hard questions um, of about your faith or you're wanting to know more about you know this Christianity and, and so forth, we answer those questions uh, right there on that page. And so you can go through that. And we love to hear from you in texting. Bob, any last thoughts? Yeah, I just wanted to uh, tell you guys, Barry and Pete, that, uh, man, this was, this was good to be back in the studio. We were out of the studio last week, and it's yeah. a little different feel. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a blessing to be uh, together with you guys. So there's nothing like it. And uh, I'm just so thankful to the listeners 
you, you guys are the reason, you know, we do this. You know, if it wasn't for you guys, we would just be three guys sitting on a couch talking. So, uh, which is fine. We have a good time doing that as well. But we're just so grateful that you're out there and you're listening. Uh, let us know you're listening. Uh, check us out on our social media sites on Facebook and Instagram and uh, on Twitter. And just uh, just let us know. Uh, hit subscribe if you you, know, you want to hear more. And uh, man, it just it just do our hearts good to hear some comments and just let us know that uh, and you're share, out there and share it. Yeah, we had like what 25, 30 shares last week. I mean, we awesome. had a lot of sh- yeah. Share this, share this with your friends. Yeah, we've got uh, we got people listening all around the world, which is really cool. But uh, just tell us where you're from. You know, simple as that. Just punch in a hey, Orlando, Florida. You know, listening to the show, you guys suck or you guys are awesome. Whatever, be be truthful. Uh, but we love you guys and we really appreciate you. I can't wait till next week. Uh, we're going to have IB back on the show, talk a little bit more about end times. Invasion of Israel. Invasion of Israel. Yeah. There you go. That's going to be fun. And then we've got a couple weeks we're going to kind of go off topic a little bit as we approach the Easter season. Really looking forward to some great discussion. Yeah. And uh, just as we as we go into this uh, amazing time of year as we remember the, our resurrected king. So, guys, any last words before we say goodbye? Just blessed. So oh, good. That's awesome. Tell somebody yeah. that Jesus is coming yes. soon. Amen. Good. This has been The Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.